Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Good morning, Vietnam! Welcome to the jungle, baby. Welcome to the jungle. Welcome to Two Dudes Movie Reviews. Mara, the meatloaf! You see what happens, Larry? How to get burned! How to get burned! How to get burned! They've done studies, you know. 60% of the time, it works. Every time. I am loving this. You are tearing me apart, Lisa! Come with me if you want to live. Gentlemen, you have my curiosity, but now you have my attention. Now, here's your hosts, Sky and Colin. Here's Johnny! Hey, movie streamers. You're listening to Two Dudes Movie Reviews with Sky! And Colin. Try to get that vibrato in there, baby. And the sprog note. <laughs> I don't know if I said that right. Sprog note. Oh, I can't roll my R's. <laughs> Neither can Will Ferrell. <laughs> okay, well, there you go. I, I can roll a burrito. Oh, man. I got the worst rolled burrito ever the other day. <laughs> oh no from an establishment or you don't have to put them on blast it, it, it was an establishment you know what but i will i'm actually going to uh i'm gonna give them a you know a break me and uh me and ryan went to uh taco bell late at night on uh on friday night actually which is uh when we did most of our our fourth of july celebrations we did it on july 3rd actually oh and uh we left the party that we went to, and um, we were like, you know what? Like, let's go get some Taco Bell. They came out with this new burrito, the grilled cheese burrito. Wanted to try mm-hmm. it, so we pulled up to the Taco Bell, and there's like a line of like, no joke, maybe like ten cars, maybe more. Yeah. And uh, so, we're, but we, I mean, we, we didn't care. We were just like, whatever. So we got in line, but like all these cars, like. Eventually, they just got, like, pissed off, so they're just, like, honking their horn, like, holding the horn down. And there's probably just some kid in the Taco Bell just, like, oh, my God, panicking. I was like, why? Yeah. What's what's the rush? It's already 1 in the morning. Like, like, do you need this burrito that badly right now? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess I do. I got to get that fifth meal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but so we were just like whatever so we got our food but ryan made the joke he's like this kid's probably like just like throwing it throw it together i don't even care you're getting what you're getting and then we got back to the house and like we old <laughs> we like opened it up and the burrito looked like it was just like mashed together like not even rolled they're just like ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh no yeah so we were just like oh man and then we're like wait it's taco bell it's like Oh, the, everything about it's mashed together. So, so yeah, just, yeah. So we uh, we ate that. We watched dodgeball. Oh, nice. I know. Yeah. I know that's a a favorite of yours. Yeah. See, I don't eat a lot of fast food in general, but I haven't had Taco Bell in like uh, I can confidently say at least five to six years, but probably more. Damn. Yeah. No. Yeah. Taco Bell's. If all fast food stopped existing. I could only pick like one place to keep around. It'd be Taco Bell. It's my Wait, jam. Really? Or are you doing like a demolition man bit? <laughs> Not for real. Oh, then you would love demolition man. 
It's like, we're the only thing that survived. The only thing that survived is Taco Bell, which, like, you know, they say, like, cockroaches could survive, like, a nuclear blast. Maybe that's, like, the same thing with their meat. Like, their meat, their meat you don't know what yeah. it is. <laughs> Quote, unquote, meat. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it gets squirted out of a beef gun. So, <laughs> what is it? Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, no, I, I don't think I've ever had a good meal from Taco Bell. Like, I just... Even the even the tortillas they use are so bland. I mean, has anyone ever had a good meal from Taco Bell? <laughs> oh, I'm sure there's somebody who it's like their favorite place. It's like they legally changed their first name to Gordita Crunch. <laughs> I, the Gordita Crunch slaps. Don't even lie. But <laughs> oh well, I don't know, man. I'd rather I'd rather make something at home. That way, I can m- monitor the meats that are going in and make sure that <laughs> I don't know it's real. At home, we have the meats. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Arby's is another one I never, never cared for. I think I've eaten I, at an Arby's once, and I was just like, "Why do these exist?" Yeah, I went to an Arby's for the first time ever in my life, like a year ago. Yeah, to get a beef and cheddar. I don't know what I got. <laughs> yeah, even the name of that—it's like beef and cheddar. First of all, it's like cheese whiz. It's not like they you know, slice up some real aged Vermont cheddar and then it's just beef. Yeah. They don't tell you is, is it roast beef? Is it corned beef? Is it well, what kind of beef? It's like, well, it's cow. Yeah. I mean, have some cow and cheese. You fuck. Even, even their slogan, we have the meats. It's like, <laughs> it's not, that doesn't even make sense. <laughs> I will say though, their social media presence is really strong. Like whoever runs their social media is a G. I think. I they, think you actually told me about this on the pod. Is this the thing where they they went after like IHOP? No, that was Wendy's. Wendy's oh, is another okay. one that has real strong social media. But Arby's does a lot of posts where like they'll cut uh, either like the the cardboard you know cup of fries and they'll like cut it into like sculptures and stuff and they'll they'll they have like an art director who runs their Instagram or whatever. And they'll, they'll draw these like very like awesome looking pictures with like barbecue sauce. Oh, okay. And, and, but they're also for some reason really into wrestling. Cause like I'll see them post something and it's like when Chris Jericho won the AEW championship, and then they posted, they drew Chris Jericho out of barbecue sauce. And it's like, congratulations. We have the meats. <laughs> like, <laughs> why? Who? Who there is just like this is this is exactly what we need to be going after. Like, it seemed like such a niche thing. Like, that's when you know you made it. Is when a fast food chain makes you out of barbecue sauce. Yeah. What? What an honor. If only. If only this show could elevate us to that kind of a platform. We'd, yeah. We'd be set for life. Dude, one day me and you will be just fucking sitting on the side of like the highway on a Chick Fil A billboard. <laughs> it's gonna be sick. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. No, I I prefer Popeyes. I think I'm just going pound for pound, meat for meat. Yes. <laughs> Listen, you don't have to explain meat for meat to me. <laughs> yeah. I invented meat for meat. Meat. <laughs> So that that didn't take too long for us to get off the rails, but at least we didn't talk about Chuck E. Cheese this time. I mean, now I'm bringing it up, but well, they're bankrupt now, so who cares? Oh, really? Yeah, for real. They they, they like announced bankruptcy like last week. 
Oh my god. <laughs> I'm surprised <laughs> it took him this long. Yeah, I mean, we should have seen it coming with Pasquale's. They're literally <laughs> tricking people into eating their food. Yeah, if that's not a Hail Mary, I don't know what is. Yeah. But um, I mean, we got to do anything we can. Yeah, I mean, rest rest in peace, <laughs> Chuck. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> rest in cheese. Yeah. We're, we're recording this on uh, July 5th, so did you do anything for the, the 4th of July weekend? or Technically, yes, because I was doing stuff, but not in celebration of 4th of July. I worked on the 4th of July, and then I had some burgers at my dad's, and that's about all I did. Because also, if the Swampies are listening to this episode, that means you might have noticed that the Five Bloods episode, which was quote-unquote last week's episode came out late and that's because your boy's been super busy and uh so that's what i did with my fourth of july evening was working on working on the pod bro and watching the movie we're going to review tonight (laughs) crazy multitasking yeah we actually well just for fourth of july stuff we didn't really do much either like my brother's fiance's family they had a party and it's been going on basically this whole weekend essentially (laughs) but uh yeah but we only we, we showed up Friday and Saturday, but like yesterday on the actual Fourth of July, we were only there for like three hours, and we like just kind of hung out. But then we were there all day on the on Friday, and that was that nice. was fun. But uh, yesterday when we got back, me and Ryan, we just kind of hung out, and then uh, at night, yeah, like did my notes for for this movie, and then uh, for our our recommend episode that's coming up, I uh, actually I was like, you know what? There's like a a movie or two that I, I want to watch that are that are streaming. So I uh, I binged some movies last night and uh, we're recording this at the butt crack of dawn right now. Yeah. Yeah. The boy's is, tired. <laughs> yeah. This is probably the earliest we've ever recorded an episode like during yeah. the day. Like we've recorded episodes weeks in advance, but in terms of us hopping on mic together. Yeah. We usually I don't think we've ever recorded anything like earlier than like three o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, I was gonna say it's it's le- a legitimate morning episode because I'm eating my breakfast right now. Got a fucking yogurt in my hand. <laughs> oh, really? That's what yeah. I had when we were setting up. I was eating uh, a yogurt with some granola. Yo, I was eating. Yo- I was eating yogurt with granola. Also, it was peach cobbler flavored. Ooh, yeah, fucking awesome. <laughs> Super fancy. I was gonna make a smoothie, but I'll I'll just save that for after we're done with this episode because I got uh, okay. a I got a big old bag of frozen strawberries and bananas. Nice. And I got my uh, I got my protein powder. Nice. My peanut butter. <laughs> I used to make uh smoothies basically until I moved here, but the blender that we have here is awful. Like my parents' blender was like <laughs> really nice. <laughs> yeah. And uh but now yeah, this blender's it's it's not up to par and uh it's actually like one of the first like few days like we were here, I went out bought like a shit ton of like fruit. And portioned out like all these smoothies. It was like like mango and like peach and kale and all this stuff. And I was like, oh, this is gonna be mm. dope. Yeah. And uh I portioned out like no joke. Like I'm like, oh sweet. Like I got like a month's worth of smoothies here. And then like the yeah. blend the blender like just like couldn't blend them. And so like it was actually maybe yesterday <laughs> or two days ago I, I threw out like ten of the portions because they've literally been sitting in the freezer for like four months. Oh man, that sucks. Yeah, I uh I bought some mason jars, but I didn't have a blender. I got uh, the mini magic bullet, which is really only good for making like single servings. That's um, but, that might be what we have is the mini magic bullet. It's just it doesn't ours just doesn't blend well. 
Oh, it's weird. I haven't had any issues with mine. I, I've been digging it. It's also like brand new. I don't know how long you guys have had yours. Yeah. See, it's, it's not even mine. It's, it's my brother's. So I don't know how, when he got it or how long he's had it. You're right. He maybe maybe used it up a lot, and then now it's a uh, now it's a little bit more dull. Not yeah. as not as good at chopping shit up the way it should. It's <laughs> less of a bullet and uh, more, more of a, a mullet. I was gonna say more of a mullet. <laughs> yeah. It's, Whatever that it's means. Just business in the front and no choppy choppy in the back. Exactly. That's you took the words out of my mouth. <laughs> oh, that's not the only thing I'm gonna take out of your mouth. Damn. <laughs> oh snap. Yeah. I'm gonna take that Taco Bell out of your mouth because it's just <laughs> disgusting. You shouldn't be eating it. You're gonna take it out of my mouth and eat it. <laughs> and I'll eat it, yeah. Yeah. Like a like a mother bird feeding her yeah. baby baby. But chicks. in reverse. <laughs> yeah, but the if the chick were to get, reach into the mother bird's mouth and be like, give me that. Oh, I thought you were saying like you were the mother bird and you like fed fed your young and then you're like, actually on second thought, I want that. And then you took, took it out of their mouth. <laughs> oh, but then in that case, I would have to eat your friggin' grilled cheese burrito first, then put it in your mouth and then take it back. Yeah. That being said, just want to clarify, I never got the grilled cheese burrito that night. It was very upsetting. They, they told me that they didn't have the ingredients for the grilled cheese burrito and I find that hard what? to believe. Yeah, like it's cheese. You have cheese. Yeah, I'm going to have to Google this whole grilled cheese burrito thing because I'm imagining, you say grilled cheese, it's like it's just bread and cheese and then it's grilled or really more, it's usually fried. See, I don't know the I don't know the whole story behind it. I don't know the lore of the, of the grilled cheese burrito, but uh, it, I think it's basically just like one of their burritos, but then basically the outside of the burrito has cheese grilled onto it. <laughs> That is really stupid. <laughs> That's not what a grilled cheese is. Like yeah. I've seen I've seen cheeseburgers where instead of buns, it's two grilled cheeses. <laughs> yeah. You know, have you ever seen that? Yeah. Yeah. That's a classic. Mm -hmm. I've never gotten it because I want to live as long as I can. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I just feel like I look at the picture of that and I can feel my veins closing. Yeah. There's a food that's meant like just to do that. I feel like it's actually oh, funny. Yeah. When, when, uh, when Stephen Colbert was like just making his flavor for Ben and Jerry's, he was basically just like, just load it up with as many calories as possible. Like whatever is the <laughs> max calories do it. So if you look at it, like American dream, like one thing of American dreams, like 5 million calories. <laughs> Dude, that's a really good ice cream, though. And that makes sense because that thing is, like, packed with stuff. It's got, like, the chocolate-covered waffle cones in it. Yeah. It's got, like, it's caramel good. swirls. It's got uh, it's just, like, a ton of stuff in that. And, you know, I can talk about Ben & Jerry's for a long time. Ben & Jerry ice cream is the best. I've been to the factory up in Vermont three times now. Maybe four. Is is the factory where they have the graveyard in the back? Yeah. Okay, yeah. They of they like showed all that the retired yeah, the deceased flavors. They showed that on uh, the Jeff Goldblum show on Disney Plus. I don't know if you if you watched that show or not. But uh, I watched the show, but I didn't see that episode. Like I didn't watch all of the show. I think there's like one or two episodes that I haven't watched, but that was like early in it, maybe the third episode, and it might be my favorite one. He like goes into the Ben and Jerry's ice cream and he's like, "Oh, hunk a hunk of burning fudge." cut down at its prime <laughs> oh man i love goldblum actually fun fun uh movie news ish type thing 
we, uh, me and a bunch of friends went to the drive-in recently. And by recently, I mean Friday night. So July 3rd. And yeah. we saw a double feature of Jaws and Jurassic Park. Yeah, it's so sick. I'm I'm very jealous. Yeah, I didn't. I totally forgot that Jaws takes place on Fourth of July weekend. I forgot that too. <laughs> yeah, it's like right, like early on in the movie, like when they're talking about like the first shark attack. It's like, well, we can't close the beaches. It's Fourth of July, and blah blah blah. And I was like, oh, that's so cool because it <laughs> is Fourth of July. Yeah. <laughs> So that's how I that's how I brought in America. Although I did fall asleep during Jurassic Park and I fell asleep during probably the best part of the movie when the T-Rex is chasing them and he goes must go faster. Oh. <laughs> and my buddy told me cuz he was sitting next to me but he didn't know I was asleep because we we all had like those um those like collapsible chairs for like when you're camping or sitting outside or whatever. Yeah. I was leaning back in it and he was just like yeah like dinosaurs like roaring it's super loud it's crazy it's the best part of the movie and then the next scene happens and it's quiet and you just hear <laughs> I, was, I was out bro i was out because it was like the jaws started at nine o'clock at night and that movie is over two hours long yeah so it's already 11 something and then by the time that dinosaur chase comes around, it's after midnight, and I've been I've been waking up at like I, my first alarm goes off at like five forty five in the morning. So your boy can't be up that late. If you go to to the double feature, it's kind of a commitment. There's been many a times where the second movie comes around and I'm just like shot. I think the yeah. not the last time I went, but one because I don't go. I go maybe like once a year. Remember I saw. Tomorrowland followed by Age of Ultron and hmm. I had seen Age of Ultron already like I think this is my second time seeing it but uh, and we, we've talked about it before Age of Ultron's fine but and I you know I, I still like it and it's not a movie that I would normally be able to fall asleep to I was dozing like because I was like again like it's like close to one in the morning and I'm like and shit's blowing up and I'm just like oh yeah it's not doing it <laughs> yeah it's not enough to keep you awake yeah, I didn't said, get home until two a.m. Yeah, you know it's 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 a commitment doing the double feature. I was gonna say between those two movies, if time wasn't an issue, and I had to fall asleep during one, it would be Jaws. Jurassic Park's like an all time favorite of mine. I like Jaws, yeah. but it doesn't it doesn't hit the same way Jurassic Park does for me. No, it doesn't. Jaws has a lot more downtime too, but they knew what they were doing because they played Jaws first. Yeah, they knew people really wanted that Jurassic Park, and they were like, eh, if people, if we play Jurassic Park first, people might just watch that, and then most of them are going to leave. But if we do Jaws first, people will come for both, and then they'll probably buy concessions twice, you know, once mm -hmm. for each movie, which I totally did. I got, oh, dude, I didn't even tell you. They had churros at the drive-in. Oh, it's catching on. <laughs> it's catching on. Apparently, churros is a movie food, but they were out of them. When I went up, I should have got them during Jaws, but I was like, I'm going to save the churros for later. I need to eat dinner. Like, let me get some like chicken fingers and French fries or whatever. And then when I went up to get my snacks for Jurassic Park, they were like, oh, we're out of churros. And I was like, fine. I guess I'll have popcorn like a regular jag off. <laughs> I, oh man, I could, I would kill for some movie theater popcorn. I cannot wait for movie theaters to open up again. I know it was nice having that popcorn, especially since I was spending so much time in a trailer park. Damn. <laughs> what, 
what, what are we do- what are we doing here? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I just felt like it was about that time. Yeah. Oh no, it was. I was like yeah. waiting for it. I was like, you know what? Like we're we're running a little long on the banter here. Like probably time for the trailer park, but we're we're hitting good points right now. We're talking food <laughs> again. Yeah, we're we're talking <laughs> a lot about fast food, a little bit about movies. It's what the people want. Yeah. What are we talking here today, do? Well, since we're doing a um a comedy classic on the podcast today, such as Eurovision song contest the epic tale of the one and only fire saga from iceland starring will ferrell and rachel mcadams i think that's the full title that (laughs) actually might be shorter than the real title (laughs) (laughs) but since since we're talking uh comedic classics we're gonna talk about the new trailer the only trailer maybe it's a teaser because it's kind of short but bill and ted three Back in the saddle. Yeah. Are you excited? I am. That's not the tagline, though, right? What is, what's the, um... Bill and Ted face the music. Yes, Bill and Ted face the music. That's exactly what I said. (laughs) Yeah, man. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Exactly. So it's actually not called Bill and Ted 3, then. It's just Bill and Ted face the music. Oh, that makes sense, because none of them have numbers. It's just bogus journey... Excellent adventure, stuff like that. Yeah, I, uh, I'm, ex- I'm excited for this. I've actually never been like super into the Bill and Ted movies, but we obviously we really like Keanu. I'm, I'm waiting for there to be like a, a really good comedy this year. Yeah, we've said before we both really like Butt Boy, but that's not like, like that's like a different breed of comedy. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's not the same as like a summer comedy it's weird that summer always has like a a comedy that defines the summer i was talking about this with somebody else about seth rogan's era of comedies or really the judd apatow era because like i know we talked about it on king's Island. oh it was with the my cousin and i were talking about it how it's like seems like every 10 years or so a movie comes along and sets the tone for the next few years like we were talking about uh there's something about mary and just how like groundbreaking that was and and what it meant for like the farley brothers because then they they also had like me myself and irene and like they were just on like a hot streak of like defining comedy at in that moment in the 90s Mm -hmm. and i feel like bill and ted it definitely stood out in the time but i don't think it was really as much of a a a trendsetter as some of these other ones i feel like it was kind of under the radar i remember seeing it on comedy central all the time though yeah for sure I actually like I I may have seen it for the first time because of Comedy Central. Yeah, me too. I, I'm pretty sure that that's the same for me. And also, I mean, we love the Reeves. Oh yeah. <laughs> so he's I on mean, fire. Yeah, I mean, you want to check this out? This might be a shorter one, like you said. I think this is mainly a teaser. I've watched. Have you watched this before? I watched it once or twice. Yeah, I think uh, same thing. Watched it once or twice. You want to get into it? Yeah, let's check it out. That Orion Pictures logo hits me with the nostalgia. Yeah, we've done an Orion movie on the podcast recently with those uh, Child's Play. Ooh, yeah, right. Bill and Ted, what have you got to say for yourselves? Be excellent to each other and party on, dudes. 
It's weird seeing Keanu like this because he looks so much older without the John Wick scruff. Yeah. I mean, the other guy looks way older. Why can't we just go to the future when we? Yeah, he does. Take it from ourselves. But isn't that stealing? I love seeing him in this though because you know he's become kind of like the action guy. Yeah. How'd you like our song? <laughs> it's a little on the dark side, but you know, that's cool. <laughs> well, yeah, super short. That's definitely a teaser. Yeah, I mean, you don't know anything about it. It's only a minute and ten seconds long, basically. You get a little taste of like what the what the story is, I guess, because it's like, oh, we're gonna go we're gonna go into the future now to see the song that brought the world together so that we can bring it back and then we're already there yeah i'm i'm excited for this though i mean we don't get get a ton here but i think it looks pretty funny i think i think there's gonna be laughs for sure even just some of the things that like they're showing in the trailer like the, the giant jacked guy and the tattoo just says heinous one guy the tattoo says heinous the other guy next to him that his tattoo says excellent <laughs> well wait you know who they are though right one is from wwe right no dude who is it? Those two guys are future Bill and Ted. Oh, really? Yeah. That's oh, why he I... has like excellent tattooed across his stomach oh. and stuff like that. Yeah, dude, that's they go into the future and they that's they meet themselves and that's why they're like, how did you like the song? And he's like a little dark or whatever. They're talking to themselves. Okay, I didn't get that because I was just like, that, that makes it even more funny though because of how jacked they are. Yeah. I'm pr I'm like 99% sure that's right. I'm now I kind of second guessing no, myself. No, I think you are right because the one guy is like a little bit shorter like and the other one's taller and the one guy even looks a little bit like yeah. him. So, nice. I think I, was, I win. I think I I was going to say I think I'm just stupid. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not stupid. You're just an idiot. Damn. Damn. Damn, dude. The uh the director on this movie though he's done some some good stuff or at least a few movies that I I enjoyed uh Dean Pariso I think is how you pronounce his last name okay he's the director on Galaxy Quest oh nice I like that one yeah and then not like huge on this movie I I enjoy it I know some people that really like it but he he uh, he was the director on Fun with Dick and Jane oh, okay that's another one yeah I'm in, I'm in the same boat like I like that movie it's not like gut busting funny and it's just it's just a good movie. Like, a, there's not a lot to complain about, but it doesn't really like blow you away. Yeah, I agree. The writers on this movie, though, I I really like. I mean, both of them, they're the writers from the original Bill and Ted movies, Chris Matheson and Ed Solomon. But Ed Solomon, he's done some stuff that I think could get you very excited because like, he's the writer on the original Men in Black movie. Oh, nice. Yeah. He hasn't done a ton recently, but <laughs> and, and the one, one movie that he has done, I'm kind of just like... I don't even want to mention it because that's I don't like it. But he did like now you see me too, which is oh kinda, weird, which is kind of Duke. But yeah, I, mean, yeah, I never like, saw that one. I saw the first one. Yeah, there's actually one podcast that I, I used to listen to a lot, and they're like they would have like guests on the show to be like guest reviewers, kind of. But like they would screen them and basically just be like, "Do you like now you see me?" And if they say yeah, I think they're just like Jesus Christ. <laughs> <It's just> like, <laughs> but uh. You know, I, I like the director on here, the writers. It's cool that they have the original writers coming back. I think that's the only way you could do this. 
It's good. We're seeing a lot more of that in the last like two to three years where even if they are going back and doing uh, whether it's a reboot or if they're just doing a, a sequel like 20, 30 years later, they're bringing back the original people because we just talked about it with like Mad Max Fury Road, which, you know, obviously came out a few years ago. But uh, it's good to see that people are being allowed to continue their stories. Yeah, for sure. With this like. Because I know there's some things where people are like, oh, we have to make like this type of movie. Otherwise, you're going to lose the rights to it or whatever. Like, this is something that I feel like would only be made if it's the people who made it have something that they want. Like, you know, we could do more with this. Like, I have this cool idea. And they're like, oh, yeah. Like, I don't think this doesn't feel at all like it would be cash grabby because I don't think it can be. Yeah. Like, I don't think they were those movies were successful enough that they're like huge box office draws. I think Keanu himself is more of a box office draw now, especially than he was back then. Yeah. But I think that they wanted to just have fun and like make a make a make just another movie, like another chapter in this in this story. And I'm I'm okay with that. Yeah, I, I don't think any of this really feels like they're just trying to cash a check. Yeah, me neither. And also like I mean, obviously, Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter, you know, are back. But the the cast around them, yeah, I really like. Samara Weaving's in this movie. I mean, we even you both really like her. And uh, Kristen Shaw's also in this. I think she's hilarious. Yeah. And uh, I think J- Jillian Bell's also in it from um, Britney Runs a Marathon. But Yeah, and Workaholics and all that. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I like the cast on it a lot. I'm actually very excited to see Samara Weaving in this. Yeah. I'm looking forward to the next trailer where maybe you can get more of the jokes, more of the, the story. Does, does that have a release date? I'm pretty sure it's this year. I think it's coming out in a couple months. Yeah, I don't know, man. Who knows with all of that? I mean, we talked about it a couple episodes ago, I think. It actually supposed supposed to come out in a month and a half. August 14th. Two days we'll after see. Tenet. <laughs> we will see. Because they were supposed to open AMCs in the middle of July. Then they push that back to the end of July, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't think it's looking good for stuff reopening. I know things are reopening, but I think it's only a matter of time before we go right back to where we started with the shutdown. It's weird, but like it seems like movie theaters are going. Their their mentality is like our really like open date is going to be contingent on the release date for Tenet <laughs> because that's exactly yeah. Ten- Tenet and Mulan got pushed back, and then the day afterwards. AMC and like Regal, they're like, actually, we're opening up like now this day. It's like, oh, okay. Well, they need a big blockbuster movie to kind of pump a lot of cash into them right when they yeah. open. Here's my idea. And AMC owes me like millions of dollars for this idea because it seems so simple and I don't know why they're not doing it. They released the thing about they're limiting the amount of seats to like 25% capacity in the theater. So that means that they're they're probably removing some seats out out of the theater and then you're going to have these big spaces in between chairs so that there can be social distancing. I don't think they're removing chairs though. What, what are they going to do just tape them off and expect people not to just rip them or whatever? Like I, I think feel they're... like to, to regulate it there's got to be something. But but hear hear me out real quick on this. What if you did remove chairs? So let's say they weren't, but now what if you did? You limit the amount of seats and stuff and in place of those chairs you put little tables because they also said that they were going to limit their concessions options. But what if you went the opposite direction because they don't make a lot of money on ticket sales, but they make their money on concessions. So now you limit your seating 
chairs are more spaced out. You add tables so that you can serve people at their seat. And then you make it more like a dine-in movie. You make more money because now you're selling more money in concessions. That money's uh, more profitable for AMC over the ticket sales. So you're supplementing the fact that you're selling less tickets with the fact that you're selling more concessions because now you've kind of made it a dining experience at the movies. Why are they not doing this? This is fucking genius. And it's not even anything that outside of the box because there's tons of theaters that already have dining at your seat. Yeah, I thought I read that um, they are limiting the either the, the, the menu at their dining theaters or they're not doing the dining thing at all at their dining theaters. I, ca- I can't remember what it is. See, that's crazy to me. Yeah, I think I think in general, all these places are going with like limited food where it's like you can get your drinks, you can get your popcorn, but like th- them fucking churros that you ain't getting that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. I definitely agree. They need a movie that is going to bring people in. And I mean, right now at the moment, like they, I think they were slated to come back like July 10th, like next week it was supposed to be actually. And yeah. uh I think at that time, like the only movie that they could play like in theaters would have been like St. Maud, maybe First Cow, because I think that's coming out that week also, but it's coming out on VOD. Yeah. My Spy with Dave Bautista. That, that's already out on, uh, I think it's on Amazon. You can watch it already. <laughs> so, oh, nice. I'll have, to, yeah. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. Need to pad the bottom of my list. <laughs> Yeah, in in terms of social distancing at theaters, I'm pretty sure that they said that it's just going to be a thing where like your party can buy tickets, but then once there are tickets sold, someone else can't buy seats that are within two seats of that party. If that makes sense. Oh, so it like automatically blocks off sections. I, I think so. Yeah. So it's like once seats are purchased, then you have to sit two seats away from them. Which, like, I'm cool with. We've said it before. I don't like sitting next to people. <laughs> yeah. Do you have anything else to, to go with uh, you know, on, on Bill and Ted before, before we leave? I don't. I think we should get the fuck out of here and start talking about Will Ferrell. Oh, okay. Chill. <laughs> Trill Ferrell. <laughs> Chill Ferrell. <laughs> yeah. Eurovision Song Contest, The Story of Fire Saga. <laughs> the Classic. <laughs> Now, this is the first Will Ferrell movie we have reviewed since Holmes and Watson. Yeah. Yes, it is. <laughs> so this, was, this is going to be an interesting ride. I'm interested yeah. to see how going into this, before we start talking about the director, the writer, all the people involved, going into this, I know how we feel about Will Ferrell. Were you? No. No. Okay. Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> enough said were you you gonna say that was i excited for this i don't know if excited was necessarily the word i wanted to use that's why i was hesitant but like i don't know because like i didn't know the grades going into it by the time i watched it it had already been out for a few days or uh or a week it had already been out for a week so i'm sure there were reviews on it i didn't want to see anything because i didn't want my um my viewing experience to be skewed whether people saw it and were like oh this is pretty this is actually not bad or if people saw it and they're like another fucking dumpster fire from Will Ferrell, um, but I I really liked uh, Casa de Mi Padre and I know it's like the, the same team who did that and I know I don't know man like 
We talked about it on the trailer park. Oh, this might be the fastest turnaround, by the way, for when we do a trailer park to when we do the review of the movie. Because yeah, the trailer park was the last episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now we're talking about the movie. Yeah. Also, this is the first time in our show's history we did two Netflix movies back to back. If if you don't oh, count Irishman yeah. and Marriage Story being one episode. Yeah, you're right. For me, like we watched the trailer. I watched the trailer for the first time on the show, and I was like, "Oh fuck this noise." Yeah. I, I didn't think this looked good at all. And when I went to go watch it, I wasn't really in the frame of mind where I was like going to give it a shot. I was kind of just like, all right, here we go. That being said, yeah. there were a few elements to it that intrigued me, mainly that it was David Dobkin. And, you know, he, he was the director on Wedding Crashers. He's got. Rachel McAdams and Will Ferrell with them, two people from from Wedding Crashers. So I'm like, okay, like you guys have all worked together. And that was kind of like the saving grace for me. There was one thing that I was really hoping for this, this movie. I was like, if there's one thing that this movie can possibly give me, it's just make me laugh at some of like the side acts, which I said on the trailer park. I was like, you know, similar to like Dodgeball with the other teams and their matches. Like if the side acts can make me laugh a little bit, then at least I'll have some fun. Also, I was like, this can't be worse than like Fantasy Island or the wrong Missy. Like, there's no way. So so I was just like, I was like, all right. So maybe we have Happy Madison to thank. Yeah, maybe. This wasn't my feeling going into it, though. But I had like a little bit of like an epiphany while I was like doing my notes for this, though. Uh, Will Ferrell is a writer on this movie. Will Ferrell is one of two writers on this movie. Andrew Steele is the other one. And I realized this. Will Ferrell is typically not the writer on most of his movies but the movies right. that will ferrell writes are are his best really yeah so these are literally the only movies that he's written on besides this one night at the roxbury okay. anchorman one and two okay. talladega nights and stepbrothers wow okay yeah because i know the last time we did a will ferrell movie with holmes and watson we like broke down his his like career we, we were basically just like look at all these rotten tomato scores they all suck but yeah, I was I was looking at it, I was like, oh, when he actually gets to write, it look it they're they're usually decent to really good. Cause Night at the Roxbury I love and Talladega Nights is great and Step Brothers is probably my favorite of his movies or one of them. So yeah. and I was like, Oh, okay. Like that was just something I noticed after the fact, but I think that that might play into this a little bit. Okay, that's interesting. I don't want to uh I don't want to speak too much on that thought only because yeah i don't want to spoil my overall feelings just yet but that is good to know because i knew he wrote it but i didn't realize which other movies he wrote yeah i was surprised by that let's get through through the cast real quick and then we'll get into things uh will ferrell he plays lars eric song um rachel mcadams she plays secret i'm not even going to try and pronounce the last name um (laughs) uh dan stevens he plays alexander lemtov Pierce Brosnan, he plays Eric Ericsong. He's he's Will Ferrell's dad, which I thought was funny because while I was watching the movie, I was like, Pierce Brosnan isn't old enough to be Will Ferrell's dad. No. <laughs> so I, looked, I, was, so I, looked, I, I wanted to it Google up. it. I'm like, they're probably very close to the same age. I looked it up, and I'm pretty sure that Pierce Brosnan was 15 years older. Oh, okay. But I was just That's like, surprising. Still. He looks really good for his age. He does, yeah. I um, Fucking Silver Fox. <laughs> I said this in the trailer park, or maybe you said, I was just like, why is he here? <laughs> yeah. 
He's got to be better than this. But I, I think he likes, uh, I think he likes musicals. Like I think he likes movies that have like singing and stuff like that in it. Maybe because he was in Mamma Mia, so I'm like, maybe oh, okay. that's like, maybe that's something he he likes, or maybe he likes the Eurovision Song Contest. I don't know. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's just it's just funny seeing him, you know, because after doing four James Bond fi- films and then seeing him in something like Mamma Mia or this, it's just like, what are you doing, man? <laughs> yeah, getting that money. You were 007, baby. <laughs> Goldeneye, you made the greatest video game ever. <laughs> yeah. Even though it had nothing to do with it. They just slapped his face on a cartridge. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, there's really not that many people. I would say the only other person of note in this movie is like Demi Lovato, maybe. But it's really those four that kind of carry. And really, it's Rachel McAdams, Will Ferrell, and Dan Stevens do most yeah. of this. So I... Actually looked up because you had mentioned it, I looked up the Eurovision Song Contest rules after watching this movie. Well, that does come into play later. Yeah, I'm gonna say this because I I like contest game show type things like like Ink Master I really like and even like you know like Chopped and stuff like that like food contest ones I like even like uh like World of Dance I I enjoy. Yeah. I I don't enjoy at all music based contests because yeah, neither, like American Idol the voice stuff like that yeah like for for me like yeah there are things that you can critique people on like oh technically you're really good at this but, but whenever I hear, hear that people are music critics it, it it kind of annoys me because I feel like music compared to other things it's so it comes down to your personal taste so much yeah and I, I don't think it's fair to actually like judge whether or not a song is good or not if that's just not your cup of tea type thing. So I don't know. I in some ways I just like don't even respect it. <laughs> I'm just like, okay. Yeah. I can see that because when you first started saying that, I was like, Yeah, I mean, you can kind of say the same thing about movies, but at least I don't think that you could say the same thing about movies because movies I, I don't think you contain can. so many different elements that make it a whole. Yeah. You know? A movie, even if it's not your cup of tea, you can look at it and say, like, fundamentally or technically, this is this is top notch or like this is really good. Even in a movie that has a good story that's wet, written well, you can look at it and say these things aren't good, you know, or vice versa. Yeah. Music, music, I think there's like, I mean, we listen to like heavier music or stuff like that. Like there are some people who be who just sort of like dismiss music like that, like, oh, it's fucking trash. And but like those songs might have really good lyrics, whereas some of the stuff that's popular now, like Old Town Road bullshit, like and people love it. I I don't want to get too much into it, but like Billie Eilish won like every single music award this year. I think Billie Eilish is trash. I mean, (laughs) her 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 voice is is not is like fine. But like that bad guy song, they literally ripped off the plants for zombies theme song and that won everything. (laughs) It's like it's like, what the fuck is this? So oh, man, anyway, I gotta, I gotta play that game. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, I mean, contests like this, I don't actually like really respect. But I I did some research into it uh, because I thought the contest in itself in the movie, I was like, this is weird. It you you do it's a contest where countries make one song and then people vote on that song, but that's actually what it is. Yeah. <laughs> It, yep. I just thought that was it's so like, weird. It's like the Olympics for singing, and America's not invited. Yeah, 
Yeah, exactly. I just thought it was weird though because you know, like a lot of these like contests and stuff, it's like rounds where you have to like keep performing. This is just one song. Yeah, and it's and it's not like it's all right. You, that was your round one song. Round two, you got to do a different song. And round three, it's like you just keep performing the exact same song every night. Yeah, I I thought it was that's like another thing that I just thought was really weird about the contest. And I know I know some people really like the the Eurovision contest i just thought it was it was strange again it's like you're judging this the same song over and over again it, it just comes down to taste like oh i really like this song one more than the other but um i mean we could just get into the music if you want to start there just because we're talking about it yeah let's let's do that okay i mean i'll say this i i'm not like into this music but the music in this movie is actually not the worst thing ever <laughs> No, no, it's it's not. But yeah, I I do, I do hate it. <laughs> I was it's gonna. Like, I, it it makes sense. I get why it's there. Something that I kind of, it didn't make me laugh, but something that I recognized as humorous was how like every single artist, like when they're showing like them all, uh, whether it's they're trying out or they're just performing. They all have like essentially the exact same drum track. Like it's all like that kind of like techno y pop sound, like that's just synonymous yeah. with how Americans view like European music. It's like, oh, I get it. Every band is Eiffel 65. <laughs> Yo, listen up. <laughs> it really is, though. It's all just like, yeah. I. I've been saying this since I watched the movie. Uh, Coolin' with the homies is one of my new favorite lines. <laughs> oh, yeah? If people are going to be like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm coolin' with the homies. <laughs> yeah. also, oh, man, the also, rap that song in this movie. I was going to say, the Coolin' with the homies, if you actually go and listen to the lyrics, it's that that is, they're like the band that like a, like a elementary school would like, bring in be like yo let's let's teach you about like why you shouldn't do drugs and they got these like kids come out and they rap and be like <laughs> yeah Dude, don't so, be <laughs> so i have a question that i was thinking of when i was watching this because there are a lot of songs in this movie obviously because of the nature of of the story and what was interesting to me was the amount of screen time certain singers get and i didn't mm -hmm. recognize anybody so i i didn't look it up i don't know if you did either but i feel like you know we talked about in the trailer park like oh i bet you with like the different the different singers and stuff there's a lot of room to do like funny cameos and things like that and they didn't really do yeah. that but i have a feeling that a lot of these people who were who we watched their performances of like throughout the competition i have a feeling they are real singers and performers who have competed in eurovision oh no and, yeah they they have okay you you did look that up yeah so um but, i mean but the songs were written for the movie like because there's no way those are real songs because the lyrics are so obviously jokish yeah the um yeah so i mean the songs were written for the movie um the biggest like the biggest moment where I guess they're like kind of paying homage to, or they're, you know, little cameos, Easter eggs, if you will. Um, when they do kind of like that impromptu, just like spring into like when it actually becomes like a musical and they all start dancing. Oh, and the like song along. Stuff. 
those yeah the song along part that which we'll get to but that those are all ex Eurovision winners or contestants basically I got you um, yeah and and Demi Lovato uh, I'm pretty sure was in um Eurovision and the movie opens with like ABBA like they reference ABBA ABBA was like one of the first winners of Eurovision got you so yeah there's like a bunch of like like easter eggs kind of that like pay homage to it but it, oh that's an interesting connection too then because pierce brosnan was in mama mia and then they have abba in the movie yeah mm-hmm. that's cool i i one thing i wanted to say though i don't know you know just i guess i'll just finish up on the music like i think the music has has some redeeming qualities to it in terms of either some of the lyrics are funny or they're just catchy like unfortunately Double Trouble got stuck in my head for like two days. Oh, <laughs> so yeah, I actually like that. Dude, I wrote down one of my notes is uh, Yaya Ding Dong is a banger. Yeah, like actually, I think Yaya Ding Dong and Double Trouble are actually catchy as fuck. <laughs> I was like, I was dude, like, God damn it. Why am I? Why am I whistling this? <laughs> it's because it's that beat. It's that that because it's. It's repetitive and it's um it's like comforting. It's like there's a psychological thing about that kind of music. Like it's written to a formula. Like it is designed to be catchy. Yeah. Like even yeah, I can see that. even Volcano Man somehow. Like when I watch the trailer, I'm like, oh my god. But now I'm like yeah. walking around going, ha 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 And I'm like, God. Damn it. But then, <laughs> you know, there's another song that's played way later in the movie in the finale. And I'm like, fuck, this is kind of good. Like, I really like this song. Yeah, I saw, I saw someone, they the review of this movie or something was just like, not going to lie, like, My Hometown, because that's the last song they played. They're like, My Hometown, like, this song's fucking, fucking rips. Oh, yeah, I'm a sucker for a piano. Shit, but that song, yeah, they were like, like the the rest of the movie is one of the worst things I've ever seen. But that song is fucking awesome. Yeah, it's <laughs> like the review. Oh, I'm like, okay. I saw the humor in like the Russian guys' songs, but I hated the I I hate that kind of like singing like the operatic. Uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I just I was like, fuck. I really want these scenes to be over. Um, <laughs> but I want to bounce back to that song along scene that we were talking about. Um, okay, I hated that. Um, well, can I make one point before no. we get to that? Because uh, it'll it'll tie together. Okay. I couldn't. I could not. And this this plays into a lot of different things. But I could not figure out if this movie was making fun of Eurovision and pop music, or if it was paying homage to it. And <sighs> I think that's. I think that's like possibly one of the biggest issues with the movie. If if not the biggest. Yeah, on one hand, there are some scenes where it it really does feel like they're just making fun of the whole thing, but then they're giving so much screen time to like these singers and they're spending a lot of time on the music and the production of everything and it's just like yeah, I don't know I don't know what they were going for. It was weird because the movie is so focused on the competition and I understand that there's the underlying relationship stuff that is involved in the story, but I feel like the relationship stuff was like subplot C almost. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. 
And it's like, there's just so much attention on the music that it just felt like we were watching a movie about the contest, not about the, these people. But well, then here's, here's, here's like the thing though. It's like when you can't figure out if you're making fun of it or if you're like being serious, it's hard to know what's a joke and what's not a joke basically. And like, the writing on the jokes in this movie is not very good, in my opinion. Like yeah. the hit hit rate is maybe twenty percent for at least for me. Like I laughed at like twenty percent of the jokes in this movie, and yeah. it's it's tough for me when I'm sitting there. I'm like, are you are you making a joke right now? Is, is this like the sing along part? It's really stupid. And I hated it. It's also a straight up ripoff of Pitch Perfect, which is kind of annoying because Pitch Perfect is actually a much better movie than this. And they straight up ripped it off. Yeah. Well, that's a common thing too, like Glee and stuff doing like these weird pop medleys. Yeah. But for me, like everything in that scene was just awful to watch and listen to. Like I didn't like the way it was shot, the way it like moved through the scene was just ugly i thought and whoever mixed the soundtrack during that scene like needs to get put down because it was just it sounded like they were playing and i get it it's a medley so like some people are singing the share song while other people are singing the abba song over it and it's supposed to supposed to blend but there would be like nine people taking the leads on a song and nobody's harmonizing nobody like it, it just felt like such a just a friggin' pile of really good ADR on there. Yeah, it, yeah, is is just awful to listen to. I hated it. Here's here's the thing for me with that scene. You know, I already mentioned it's just a straight up rip off of of Pitch Perfect. But like for me, something like that when it happens, you're like, like my my like body like tensed up when it happened. I was like, oh god, and I was like, this like here here we go. Like the, here, here's some bullshit, but then I was, I was like, oh, you know what? Like, they're probably gonna like make fun of this, and it's gonna be really funny. But then I was watching, it and I was like, no, they're serious. Like, what, what is this? And yeah, they go for it. And yeah, so then I was just like, are, are they take like, is this movie supposed to be like a musical, and and they're actually playing this serious, or is this a joke? And I, I couldn't figure out. A lot of what, what like they were. I basically I couldn't figure out like what this movie was going for. Is this movie a comedy? Is it supposed to be an actual musical? And yeah, when your hit rate is so low on the jokes, and you can't figure out what you want to be, I thought it, like the kind of the tone was like all over the place. Yeah, it definitely is. I mean, this movie is a roller coaster. And not in like a good way. It's it's all over the place. Yeah, for comedy, I I don't think this succeeds very well. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I agree. I don't, I don't think I laughed once. There is one moment that got a smirk out of me, and I immediately felt dirty. It was after they played at the bar, like early on in the movie, like Act One, when. Uh, Fire Saga plays at the bar and they just keep asking him to play Yaya Ding Dong over yeah. and over. But he like goes outside and he's like screaming and he's like, shit, like shit. And then like the part of a, it just cuts to part of a glacier falling 
into the water. Oh, yeah. For some reason, that cut to just that quick break of some ice falling into the water. I'm like, why does that tickle me? Like, <laughs> fuck, that's so stupid. Like, that shouldn't do it for me. But I was like, damn it, that kind of got me. Yeah, I I didn't laugh a ton, like I said. Um, and I actually, I actually realized this, like, there, Will Ferrell in this movie for me actually has some redeeming qualities. And one thing that I really like is Will Ferrell is actually not doing Will Ferrell in this movie in, in that he's not doing uh, screaming and crying and man-child thing. Yeah, there's a little bit of man-child in there. Yeah, a little bit. But for the most part, I actually felt like he was doing something a little bit different. Part of me thinks it's because Rachel McAdams was there and, and she's actually really good. And and he was like, oh, she is really good. She- she gets most of the screen time too, which I appreciated. Yeah, I I respected that Will Ferrell wasn't wasn't doing that. That being said, I think his character is one of the weakest things about this movie, and I think Rachel McAdams' character is actually a good character, and she has um some some good internal conflict, and uh she has like an actual story, and I thought Dan Stevens' character was actually the funniest character in the movie. Yeah, he didn't do it for me. Oh, uh, see, I, I, I think it's just his, his like sexual ambiguity made made me laugh a lot. But uh, yeah, just his mannerisms, the whole the whole movie. I, he for me, he's actually I think the funniest part of the whole movie. But uh, I don't know. Will Will Ferrell's like slaps because that's basically what his character comes down to is like he's kind of the slapstick guy. And a lot yeah. of a lot of his jokes are like, oh, he's gonna he's gonna fall over. Or this like little uh, part of the production is gonna go wrong while this is happening, and and uh, you know it's gonna be zany. And none of that made me laugh like at all. And I I think I realized this like halfway through. This movie's two hours long, and again like oh. it's two hours long, and it only needs to be maybe like an hour and fifteen and the things that bog this down is almost all like, wouldn't it be funny if this guy was like fell from this wire or he was in like a hamster wheel? Like, wouldn't this be funny? And like, there's just so many times where they just, even the, the sing along thing, they just break away from the actual story to do some thing. That's not funny. (laughs) Yeah. And not very good either. And all the things for me that are funny come natural in the movie, like within the story. The things that yeah. like the things that feel forced, feel forced because they are forced and they're not funny. <laughs> yeah, dude. And dude, actually, the runtime is my first note because I I put it on Netflix and then the runtime pops up like as you press play, and at the first thing I wrote, I was like, "Fuck, I'm in this for two hours." <laughs> like I I um I'm, that already put me in a bad mood. Yeah, I was like two fucking. Hours. Also, something I noticed right out of the gate, and I don't know if you picked this up. This is two Will Ferrell movies now we've done on the podcast, mm-hmm. and this movie, just like Holmes and Watson, begins with a flashback of Will Ferrell's character, the main character, as a child being bullied. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Dude's dude's got a got away. Like he knows how to. He knows what he likes, I guess. I actually saw a lot of similarities in this movie to other Will Ferrell movies that I, I'm just like, it seems like he's recycling a lot of things from past movies he's done. Um, which which ones in particular? Because I, I actually got 
decent amount of Blades of Glory vibes from this. I don't know why. Oh yeah, dude. No, very much so. I mean, this it's similar. You got the the competition aspect, things yeah. like that, and then all the uh, the ridiculous costuming and things as mm-hmm. part of the pageantry for the show. Um, I saw that there was something, and I'm not gonna remember it now. It's something in uh, when they're still in Iceland before they're in the contest. There's something that happens, and when I saw it, I was just like, "Oh, okay." Like I've seen that. Um, oh, oh, um, Step Brothers. I have to. My dad is selling the house, and I have to find a new place to live. He's kicking me out. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So. Like I just started noticing, I'm like, hey, he's kind of taking elements from like all these other movies. It wasn't that's not like a big negative. I just it's something that I was aware of as I was watching it. Yeah. But all that being said, and uh, it's not a huge spoiler for my feelings overall on the movie. Um, and I don't have anything else to say but spoilers. So if you want to get into that after this, I'm cool with that. Or if you got anything else, but this is not as bad as a lot of the other recent Will Ferrell movies. No, it's not. I, and I've, I've said a few things that I think are good. I feel like I've said a lot of things that I think are bad, but um, this is, this is honestly for me, I think this is middle of the pack. Will Ferrell. Like this is, there's a lot of things I would rather like, I would watch this over a lot of other movies that he's done. Yeah. Cause like off the top of my head, I, I definitely think this is better than Daddy's Home 1 and 2. It's better than Holmes and Watson. I I like this better than Semi-Pro, uh, Get Hard, um, Kicking and Screaming. Yeah. I don't know. Is this, is this better than Downhill? I haven't seen that. Yeah, but, this um, is definitely better than Downhill. Yeah, like, I don't know if I said Land of the Lost. Bewitched, I, you know, like, there's a lot yeah. of movies that are worse than this. Like, I, I was, I actually, like... The moment that I actually realized that this movie was actually going to be like, I was like, you know what? Like, this is actually probably going to be better. It was like right towards like the end of like the first act or like it was pretty early on in the movie. But when they have when the two main characters have kind of their like date type thing, it's not even a date, but they're like they get into um, is it is it Paris is where the Eurovision Song Contest is? Is it France or whatever? Uh, I can't remember. I think it's uh, Edinburgh, uh, oh, Scotland. Yeah, that's where it is. But when when they're having their little like moment where they're on like the segways and they they stop at like the guy playing the piano. Oh yeah. They they stop there, and I was waiting for some some stupid shit to happen, and then they actually just let the characters have like a really nice moment. I was like, oh okay, and then it like cuts, and then they they're talking, and then. It, it actually has like a character building moment after that. And I was like, Oh, Oh, they're actually, they're going for it right now. <laughs> they're, yeah, trying, they're, they're, they're trying, trying to make a movie. Like, <laughs> yeah. They weren't just going for gags. Cause that was what Holmes and Watson was. It was just how many, how many jokes can we slam into this, you know, this one scene. And it's um, apparently zero because none of it was funny, but <laughs> they sure shit tried. Yeah. But like, that kind of comes back around to what I was saying, like with Will Ferrell writing movies. I think when he's writing the movies and he, and he has like, you know, when it's more so his vision, I actually think the the, the guy can write pretty well. Like, I wouldn't say the writing on this is like anything to write home about. And some of the, a lot of the writing, like I said, the, the jokes don't land a ton. And there's a lot of things that are predictable, which I haven't even gotten into yet, but at the very oh, yeah. least, this movie actually has characters, and yeah. um, 
Yeah, I mean, like, I think that's the biggest thing for me is it, it actually has characters and they actually have arcs and the jokes land every once in a while. So it was just like, okay, this this isn't, you know, when, when I turned the movie on, I was in the mind frame of like, this is this F, F right now. Fuck this. And then and then and then I was watching Fuck it this. and I was like, oh, I can't even fail this thing. I was like, this, I was like, this is actually there's actually some really like there's actually redeeming qualities to this movie. Um, so that was cool. And then I mean, I'll just say this now. For me, the actual biggest redeeming quality of the movie is actually the production design because I was watching, I was like, oh shit, they actually put a lot of money into this because they needed to like completely mimic a you know song contest with all the you know extrava extravagant lights and costumes and all that stuff and even the production of like the music and stuff because Will Ferrell actually needed to sing I don't think Rachel McAdams sang but um yeah you know in in general the production design was good and there's actually redeeming things to this movie <laughs> so, I was, so I was like oh okay cool they're making a they're making a movie cool they're yeah they're going for it <laughs> yeah so. I mean, there's other stuff that I really, really don't like, but there, there were a few things in it. You know, me and my brother were talking about it after the fact, and I was like, I, I I'm probably not gonna watch it again. But at the same time, I'm like, it's a lot. You could do a lot worse when it comes to Wolf Ferrell movies. <laughs> That's for damn sure. Yeah, yeah, for real. You're not kidding. So, um, what did you want to get into that was like spoilery? Well, yeah, let's let's do that cuz you mentioned how predictable a lot of uh a lot of things are in this movie and holy shit, you want to talk about predictable. You got the yeah, like the villain. I guess I guess the villain because you barely see any time like really they set it up as like your main antagonist is the other singer, like the Russian guy. But yeah. right out right out the gate, you got like the rich dude who I don't even think has a name in the movie. And he only shows up like 3 times. <laughs> He's his character is so ridiculous in terms of like he's maniacal, but he's trying to do things like he's trying to like uh like make everything look like it's an accident. He's trying to be sneaky with it. Yeah. <laughs> at the end of the movie, he's just like F- fuck it. I'm just I'm just gonna murder. <laughs> yeah. Out in but the open. He but he only shows up like four times in the whole movie. And the second, the first time you see him, he's he's the guy who's just like, I don't think we should, uh, I don't think we should send someone who could win. It's gonna bankrupt the country if we have to host this big event. Like we don't have the infrastructure to. Also, that's a super reasonable, like, decision to make. To be like, we we can't have this event that half a million people come to when like our max capacity for most of these towns is like 12,000. Yeah. It's like, if we have to host it next year, we're fucked. Like it's going to bankrupt the city. Like we're the whole country. Like we're going to be ruined. Everyone else is like, nah, we want a really nice song. Yeah. Like, nah, man, pop. (laughs) Yeah. Like he's the only one who's reasonable. And then, I mean, he takes it way too far because spoiler alert, he blows up a boat with all of the acts from uh, Iceland except for fire saga. Mhm. <laughs> but that that guy um it wasn't exactly when the boat blew up but then the next time you see him it's just like so so ham-fisted that he did it. 
you know? Yeah. I don't remember exactly what, what he does in the scene. He like comes in and everybody's like, Oh, I can't believe it. He's like, Oh man, that's crazy. Yeah. He, <laughs> and then yeah, it's like, he, oh. like he, he literally like walks in like, <laughs> like st- stage, right. He just walks in and he's just like, Oh, everybody. And they're like, Oh my God, everybody died. And he's like, Oh wow. Yeah. That's a tragedy. Anyway, I must be off doing something else. And then he just walks away. <laughs> yeah and it's, it's like, just like oh obviously he blew the boat up jesus man yeah and then like the whole the the katiana stuff where she's like a fiery ghost i'm like that was so pointless yeah i think the i think you know like demi lovato she's she's in this and she's popular so they had to throw her more screen time and i think that was their way of doing it i didn't like the ghost at all so i thought it was super lame yeah and then uh, it, was, it was actually funny because like she keep she keeps showing up she pops up in the movie and but she's only there for like a second and I'm like I'm like ah oh, man I hate this and then she disappears and then like 20 minutes later 20 minutes go by and she shows up again I was like oh fuck I forgot about you like leave <laughs> hate this get out <laughs> yeah yeah besides that I don't really have too many spoilers but there is something that I made note of and uh when when they're first I think I know picking what you're bands. Say. Oh no, okay. Do, oh, do you? No, no, no. Keep going. I was gonna say there's something else that I'm gonna say. I thought oh, you were okay. Touch well on. Well, when they're first picking bands to send from Iceland and they're just like, Well, that's eleven, we need a twelfth one, and then they have a guy pick from random out of a box, and then they pick up Fire Saga's tape, and that's how they end up getting added on to um to Eurovision. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that's the exact same process that Will Ferrell uses to pick what movie he's doing next. <laughs> what? He just goes into a box of scripts, closes his eyes, and goes, I guess I'm in a Sherlock Holmes movie. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> the thing that I was going to say, because you're talking about being predictable, movies movies of of better quality will plant seeds just... just sprinkle it around and and you'll you'll take in what they said but then you won't think about it and then it'll come back later and then you'll be like oh shit like because they referenced this the things that they like it, i actually thought it was hilarious because ryan had already watched this movie when me and brandon were watching it and um ryan was sitting there and uh right in the beginning of the movie they're like oh the sprog no and brandon goes let me guess. She's going to do the sprog note on the last song of the movie. And then Ryan just like smiles. And then we're like, oh, Jesus Christ. And then yeah, obviously. And, and then and then and then uh, and then basically like she's like, oh, you know, I prayed to the elves or whatever. And then he's like, no, not the elves. And Brandon was like, let me guess. The elves are going to save them at some point towards the end of the movie. And then Ryan was like, mm. <laughs> and, then, and then it comes back around. So it's like, Jesus Christ. Like. Yeah, there's there's no tact in the breadcrumbs that they plant in this movie. It's just like, not, oh not my gosh, the elves. I wonder if we will see them later. <laughs> just a little wink. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. There's no subtlety. Yeah. Will Ferrell's not known for his subtlety, anyways. Yeah, yeah, no. But <laughs> far, far the opposite. Yeah, exactly. I shouldn't have been surprised. But I was just like, uh, geez, man. Well, I'm kind of looking for. A surprise, sir. What do you what do you what are you looking for? I I would like to be surprised by some tomato tomatoes. Oh, okay. I can I can I can give you give you those. 
Um, I don't know how surprising they're going to be. For all I know, they're they're going to be spot on with what I'm thinking. <laughs> uh, you you might you might be surprised. Um, okay. Tomato tomato. Sixty four percent for the critics. It's a D. Huh. From the critics, I am a little bit surprised. I think the po- I think there are like plenty of positives in this movie. I think production, like design and value, is very high on this movie. And yeah, I even mentioned this. Uh, in terms of mimicking like the cameras in a like dance competition or like you know music competition and trying to make it look very like cinematic, I think they nailed that. Like, there's actually like some good craft behind it. So yeah, I was th- I came at, I looked at, I saw that score and I was like. What's pushing it up? Okay. It's probably, you know, production, camera work, music, all of those things. Um, yeah. Definitely, you know, even like they, they, some of the characters are actually like pretty decent. So they're like the bare minimum. <laughs> but uh, yeah. I was like, okay, that's probably it. But Tomato, the audience, they, they, they bring this in at B minus because it's an 81, baby. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. B minus? Yeah, man. They, they're all about the Eurovision Song Contest. Jesus, something about these Corona movies just hit different. <laughs> Remember Bloodshot? People, Bloodshot was at like a 93 audience score. I know. <laughs> People are so starved for good movies, they forgot what good movies are. <laughs> um, Well, I'm going to say Tomato. Mm-hmm. B- minus is absurd. Yeah. I can see that there are good things in this movie. But overall, I don't think it's a very good movie. I it's feel- definitely better than most of what Will Ferrell's done in the last like six or seven years. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you on that. Yeah. Uh, so I think what is surprising is that we watched the, we watched this movie. We went into it with you know all of our uh, preconceived. Uh, thoughts on Will Ferrell and his career as of late. And I think we were expecting total dog shit. And I mentioned in the trailer park, I'm like, I have a feeling I'm going to walk into this expecting it to be hot garbage. And then if it's just regular garbage, I'm going to be like, nice. (laughs) And, uh, I'd say this is, I'd say this is, I don't know if I would even say it's garbage. It's just not, it's just not something I really like a lot for me. Like I don't, I don't like this style of music. There were some, it's way too long. It's way fucking too long. And, uh, I didn't really laugh a lot, but I can see the humor in some places. So I'm going to give this a D minus. Okay. I, I'm right, right there with you in that, you know, went into it basically going to throw down an F before I even watched it. <laughs> I was just like, no. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I yeah I like I've said already the jokes don't land like for the most part at all for me like I I said in the trailer park I wanted the supporting acts to make me laugh and they actually did because uh Dan Stevens character every time he was doing his like lion of love bullshit and it made, made me laugh and then cooling with the homies for whatever reason just hit me I thought it was hilarious but <laughs> and uh but they uh in general like I didn't I didn't really laugh much. It was like being saying 20% of the jokes hit is being extremely generous in my opinion. 
Yeah. So especially because this movie's two hours long. Yeah, and the the yeah the length is is insane for what this is. And and, and you know being being a comedy, you you need your jokes to land, and they really don't. And then on top of that, there's like this conflicting tone where I'm not even sure what it's trying to be half the time. But like I said, really good production value, and they were actually trying to make some characters here in. I, I said to Brown, I was like, I can't fail it. Like, there's actually like some things that are that are decent, and uh, I'm right there with you. I actually gave it a D. I went tomato. I gave it a D. Wow, I'm surprised. Yeah, my you my love girl. Will Ferrell. <laughs> you, dude, you're such a Will Ferrell dick rider. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what do you slob on his knob? <laughs> can't yeah. believe you. Oh man, but yeah, I um. I, I, I said this again, like, I, I think Will Ferrell's character is the worst part of the movie, but I don't know, he, he actually he actually wrote a few things that I was just, maybe it's because now I expect the bare minimum, and I was just like, oh, like, cool, there's actually a few things here that are decent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's really all, all it is, and, uh, man, I don't know, I don't know, do you... I wonder how much of the scores bumped up from like European viewers because maybe this hits real like maybe this is so funny in Europe because it's they know it so much better than us. So like when when they're spoofing things on Eurovision, like we don't know if it's a spoof because we don't really know exactly what it's like. But for them, like they're watching it and they're like, oh my God, they hit this thing so perfectly. Like I've always thought this about Eurovision Song Contest and now look, they're like totally nailing it, you know? I Here's the thing. I actually think, I, I actually think that they're paying homage to it more than making fun of it. I think the songs are supposed to be like jokes. Like obviously the songs are supposed to be funny, but I I think if people are, are you know, loving this or, or enjoying it and they're, they're Eurovision fans, it's because you're, they're like, oh, wow, like, look, like, they have, like, these people in it or, like, the, you know, and they're doing the music or they're recreating this, like, I also thought about this. The fact that they're from, they're from Iceland, I couldn't tell if this was, again, the same thing with, like, the tone. I couldn't tell if they were making a joke out of Iceland or if they were trying to, like, be like you know what like there's not like any movies about like these people like you know maybe we could like show their culture or whatever because like they she starts singing Icelandic or whatever at the end and it's like a big moment um yeah but like if they're if they're making fun of them also like who is calling for like a like you know what 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 people need to need to get theirs <laughs> like yeah they, you know like you know who needs to get taken down a peg or two yeah Icelanders <laughs> yeah so it was just like. I don't know. I I thought that was like really weird, um, but I I think that if people were were rating this like higher, I think it was because they were actually enjoying the parts that like with Eurovision because I think that it was probably like hitting them maybe like the nostalgia or like just like calling back to things that they like because I know there's like hardcore like Eurovision fans even in the United States. Interesting. Yeah, I never heard of it until this movie was coming out. I didn't. I didn't hear about it until you told me that this was a real thing, and then I did research into it. And I was like, "Oh shit, people love this thing." <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. I actually looked at Eurovision's like Instagram account, and I'm just like, "What is this?" 
It's so <laughs> weird. Like I hate, I hated looking at it, but you're right. The movie does a good job of replicating that feel. So, you know, I give him props. He got a D minus out of me. That's, that's pretty good for uh, big Willie F. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, like, like I said at the top though, I think if he can, if he can write on it, I think there's probably going to be more redeeming qualities to it because like you look at some of these other movies and it's just nothing but him just like screaming and crying and like, just like bad joke one after another. And there's, and there's decent things in here. So yeah. And there's not a lot of heart in those other ones. Yeah. Rachel McAdams character. Although he's done, he's done some that are, that are deeper, like, um, everything must go and, uh, stranger than fiction. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, cool, man. We uh, we did it. Throwing it back to like episode three. I think yeah, I think that was episode three. Was when we did Holmes and Watson. That's right. So came back with another one, two Netflix movies in a row, and I believe next week we are going to be telling the Swampies what kind of stuff they can watch on Netflix in another uh, What to Watch edition. Yeah, yeah. It's actually. You know, I'm not sure what exactly is going to be the next movie after that. It's going to be one of two things, but there's a chance that it could be a Hulu movie. <laughs> ne- Netflix, Netflix recommend mo- then Hulu. So yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, that'd be crazy. Two Netflix movies in a row. Then we recommend stuff to stream, and then we do another streaming movie. That'd be unheard of. Yeah, but we're gonna lose all credibility that we barely had, anyways. <laughs> I was gonna say though. Uh, We've got hopefully, I know we got one. Hopefully two though. Eight twenty four movies coming up this month in the next couple of weeks. So that's exciting. Looking forward to that. I could use some A twenty four in my life. I actually I still have to do more work on the uh, my watch list for A twenty four. But you know, I'm waiting for the season to slow down in terms of my working because you boys doing six days a week and I ain't got time for shit. Yeah, no, it's all good. Yeah, but we will make sure to still bring the Swampies episodes. They might be late, but they're never not there. <laughs> They'll come out during the week. Yeah. I honestly, like, leading up to um, The Five Bloods, I was like, I might have to release both of these episodes on Wednesday together. Just be like, here's two episodes. My bad for missing last week, you know? Oh, but no. Nope. But <laughs> nope. The Five Bloods is up on, went up on Sunday. And then this one will, should be out on a Wednesday if you're listening to it the day it released. Or I put this one out late too. It's a wild card. This is why you have to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that. Because then you don't have to worry about when it releases. You'll just have it automatically on your phone as soon as it drops. That's the winning ticket right there. That's the golden ticket, Mr. Wonka. <laughs> you're explaining to him. That's a golden ticket yeah. right there, Wonka. Hey, Mr. Wonka, you see this ticket? <laughs> yeah, listen listen here, Willie. Big big Willie style Wonka. <laughs> this is a golden ticket. Yeah, I, I, I made it. I see it. You see this golden ticket? Well, with this, I demand entrance into your fucking factory. All right. And give me give me two everlasting gobstoppers. <laughs> He's just like, all right, I'll have you, I'll have you killed in there, and disposed yeah. of by my slave labor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that movie's fucked up. Yeah, I'm just like, 
I always thought about that. Like, what are Oompa Loompas? Like, are are they captive or are they there? Like, on like they're just like they like it. They're they're cool. I don't know. I don't know what their like pension plan is like. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Do they have benefits? Yeah, I don't know if they do. It's crazy. I feel like that factory is so far from being like within OSHA regulations. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's you like you literally have a fan that people can get sucked up into. You have food that makes children into giant blueberries. Like, yeah, get out of here. I was thinking about this too. Like, you ever like either work at a job and you just like the outfit you need to wear, like the company out attire is just like super embarrassing. You're just like, I don't want to wear this shit. Or like you've seen you go places. Places. Yeah, yeah. Like you go someplace and you, and you you see uh the 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 attire like round one like they have those like striped outfits or whatever. And I'm always just like, oh yeah. I'm always just like, man, like that must suck to wear like. How shitty is that company uniform for the Oompa Loompas? Like, you got to dye your hair. You got to get a tan. Like, this is... Unless that's all natural. We don't know our, if Oompa Loompas are even human. Maybe. But, I mean, even those pants, like, like they're like MC Hammer. They're like a little bit, little bit out to the side. Yeah. I don't know, man. Like, I... Do they have, like, an in-house tailor? They must. Yeah. I mean... Good on them though for that, because you know, a lot of places probably wouldn't do that. <laughs> yeah, for real. You know, it's it's like they always say, "Doompa dee do." That's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, doompa dee do. I was waiting for that. To, I'm like, eh, oh, oh, that that's the what joke. What do you get when you guzzle down sweets? <laughs> what do you oh, do yeah. when you eat a grilled cheese burrito? Shit. <laughs> You're making a hot fudge now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Well, for more Willy Wonka talk, tune in next week. Oh, man. That's an early morning yawn for the swappies. <laughs> I'm, I'm not editing that out. They get to hear that. They get to hear just how how much we're working ourselves to the bone for them, just how tired and exhausted we are, yet we still come at you. New episodes, so subscribe. Check us out on social media at Two Dudes Movie Reviews, Two Dudes Movie Reviews dot com. Check out our merch shop. Oh, leave us five star reviews on Apple Podcasts. Do all that. We Please should really start that. telling the Swampies to do that in the beginning. Yeah, I, I, yeah, we should. Maybe next week. People, okay, yeah, next week, right in the beginning, right in the beginning, we're gonna mention it. Be like, hey, do this now. Yeah, and we should remember to do that because we're about to record that episode right now. <laughs> So on that note, suck it, Swampies. <laughs> <laughs>